Warning, the following podcast has been rated P for pearl clutching. The following podcast may contain seeds of video games, television programs, and music of varying sorts. Also, there are queer trans women involved, so ooh, scary. Also, this podcast may contain scenes of a graphical nature. If you are the kind of person with a visual imagination, I'm not, so I guess I get away with it. But you, you might be like, ooh, oh no, ah, and stuff. Anyway, you have been warned. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch up. Get on with what we've been up to in our weeks, do some silly voices and skits. How has, how has your week been? Ah! I mean, that was quite a, like a high inflection. Ah! Didn't sound like the worst one. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's, You've it's, had worse screams of despair. It's, it's been tiring, but. Nonetheless, yeah. I am still somewhat exhausted by it all. Ah, it's been an alright one, I think. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten through, we've yeah, done we it, we've done we another talk, one. We will talk about all the many things yeah. as we go on. Well, should we start with the things we played? We, I think you should probably start this, because I've played one game this week. I mean, I've not played much this week. Um, I played Pokemon Legends Arceus, because I'm still trying to get that like last little handful of shiny Pokemon that I'm trying to get. And you got like six, didn't you? Um... I, I've got like there was like six species maybe seven species I needed and I found right. three of them in one stream nice um, I I knew from the start it was going to be a good one um, I did a stream with uh, Lucy from Convoke uh, the, the band that did Spread Your Wings which we mentioned briefly last week and we got to play uh, it yeah we did and yeah I I am I'm credited on that song so I can play it on Twitch and not get in trouble. Yay! Oh. And um, also, I think Lucy said live on stream that they would yeah, fight any. I have a letter that says I'm allowed to play it whenever I like. <laughs> um, but yeah, doing a stream where we were just chatting about about musicy things, and I found a shiny uh, nose pass which I needed to evolve into a proba bass. Um, like five ten minutes at most into the stream nice uh i also found a shiny uh what were the other ones i need an alpha something yes i got a a shiny alpha i think it was the lilligant uh the the new regional evolution form of of petalil and oh what was the what was the other one um Oh, Gligar that could evolve into Gliscor, which is a big bat. But the, I'd never seen the shiny version of it before. It's light blue and yellow, and that's Ooh. a really nice color combo. It's nice. it's a lot lighter than say like a shiny Psyduck, but like okay. it's a very like very light light blue, and it was real neat. Uh-huh. It's it's always a surprise when I occasionally like haven't checked a shiny in advance and get to be like, oh, that's a cool coloring I didn't know about. <laughs> um. I am very close to being to being done with with that particular Pokemon, so I can move on to other ones for completing that shiny list. Um, Just in time for uh, Violet and Scarlet. Yeah, Scarlet and Violet's in like I've got maybe like six months to try and crack some more of this list out, and I have I've got under a hundred and fifty species total series that's left. A, that's a generation. Left I've got about one generation left to do, so like wow. um, I think it's Gen Nine that's coming up. So I've essentially done. Seven out of eight generations of Pokemon full living shiny decks, and oh, oh, the end is in sight. What will I do with myself afterwards other than wait for more Pokemon games to continue the quest? Because there'll always be more. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I really like Legends Arceus, and I'm excited. It every time I go back to it, I'm like, oh yeah, this, but with with gyms and trainers on the overworld. Oh hell yeah, I am ready for the future of Pokemon. Uh, what about you? What was the one thing you played this week? <laughs> I played Lego Star Wars Skywalker Star Saga. Hmm. Ah. Y- you. <sighs> You've you've had some issues with this game's pacing of content. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yes. Um. And and oh god. Okay. So I've played a lot of Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. In fact, I've played most of the Lego Star Wars games. In fact, most of the Lego games yeah. of of this sort of style of yeah. the 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 Traveler's Tale style. Tra- yeah. Go get all the the little bits and get all the studs. Unlock a million characters. Get some, yeah, unlock a bunch of characters. Like I, the one of the few things I will do is periodically go through another Lego game and then I'll post my completed screen yeah. on social media and just go. I did another one, everybody. <laughs> I feel proud of my achievement today. And some of them you've had more problems with completing than others, but generally. I feel like this one's annoyed you more than most early on. Yeah. So you're right about the pacing thing. First mm. of all, I think um, so. I started with episode one, Phantom yeah, Menace. That makes sense as a place to start. It's it's a sensible place to start. That's not the default starting position. When you go new game, it will automatically put you to episode four. Oh, so and we- I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I, I will explain why in a minute. I mean, even even without knowing why from you, I feel like if you're going to put the whole Skywalker saga into one thing, like episode one through to episode nine is the order to do it. I feel like. I feel like at this point that's fine. Yeah. Um. So the yes, the the first problem is, I was like, I'll just get episodes one, two, and three out of the way because uh, nah. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even angry at them anymore. I had time for that in the nineties, in the very ninety nine, wasn't it? Uh, episode one. I mean, I I honestly don't dislike them. I find they're kind of cheesy and they have their problems, but like going in knowing what to expect, I I kind of don't. I I don't really dislike them. It's, it's fine, but like, yeah. I think the, Attack of the Clones is over CG'd. I think. Oh god. Uh, that there is too much politics in episode one. Yeah. Uh, episode three is probably the best of the lot, and it well, still has kind of too much politics. You, you, you don't enjoy uh, discussions of trade navigation routes. Mm, no. no, the no. Senate, the Senate will convene later about these uh, these galactic uh, senators. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's all going to happen. The, the original trilogy has a it has an identity crisis, un, undoubtedly, of not knowing what it wants to be or yeah. who it wants to be for. The pre- so the prequel trilogy, did, yeah, definitely suffers from like. Too much politics. It is the Babylon Five of the Star Trek. Uh, Star Star Trek. Ooh, oh. that's going to get some people. Is the Babylon Five of the Star Wars Star Wars universe? Like, I feel. I I feel like though, having not played these three in this Lego Star Wars game, like I don't dislike the general overarching plot. It's the execution of the specifics in those movies, and I feel like the Lego game's style of slightly comedy pastiching over the general overarching plot uh-huh. could work really well to make the, like this uh, and a indeed, decent and yeah. indeed did in the original Lego Star Wars game oh but because it's the very first this. Lego St- well this okay. is the problem like for for the longest time I thought Lego Star the Star Wars the Skywalker saga was going to be the original uh yeah. the, the original one the uh Lego Star Wars 2 
the uh, original trilogy, and then Phantom Menace, uh, Phantom Menace, uh, Force Awakens, yes. which they'd already done a Lego game of, yeah. and then just added that's... two more games. I'm... That is not what they've done no, at all. That's what I assumed as well, if I'm honest, and that's why I was like willing to give them a lot of leeway for all the delays this game got, because it was like, I mean, you're taking a a lot of existing games and making them work together in one package and making a couple of new games to finish it off. No. Nope. No. They've completely remade everything. That seems like a lot of wasted effort and energy. Um, and, like, okay, okay, I can see that they wanted to do kind of their own thing. I can see that, like, maybe they felt that some things just didn't work as well in 16x9 or whatever, because most of those were defined, designed by for 4x3 systems. Yeah. Like, this was a... Most of these games were a long fucking time ago. And that's, you know, that's fine. Yeah, but I I was ready for an update. I was just assuming modernised remake of the same thing, so it would be essentially the thing you'd played before. That is not what this is. Nope. So the first first thing that I struggled with in this is the delineation between here is a hub area... Yes. ...and here is a level. Yes. Because very often you'll go into like a big glowing thing on the floor like you'll walk to this area and it'll be like do you want to continue the story okay i'll continue the story and it's like well i assume i'm in a level now because there seems to be some kind of scripted fight going on yeah that would happen in this area you've been loaded into a new place where events are occurring even necessarily loaded into a new place but sort of moved slightly from where you were or some some set pieces have been set up you've activated the plot and that generally happens in levels not necessarily the case. <laughs> Sometimes you might just have like a, well, we've already created this in the hub area, so we're just going to make you do this scene with some Tusken Raiders. You're going to do that in, in an overworld area. And then you're going to walk to another area and walk into a circle, but that might actually be a level. Okay, and I'm guessing that makes it difficult to know what level of thoroughness of exploration you should be doing at any given moment. Exactly. Because, the the yeah. initial thing is, I've I've got into whatever the next thing is, I hit something made of Lego to turn it into pips, and then, depending on whether I just have a big number that is totting up, or three individual bars, oh. I know whether I am in a level, which will help me yes. generate to True Jedi, Yes. and therefore like unlocking extra yes. stuff, or... I am just in the overworld, and these are just general studs yes. going into my collection. That, yeah, okay. Like, I'm always more thorough when I'm trying to get true Jedi. Yeah. Um. Once you know you're in a level where you might get rewards, where there is a purpose. Yeah, like, no, don't get me wrong, like, studs are very helpful to have, especially when you've got, like, 300-odd characters to yeah. unlock. But, but it's the difference between... Okay, I'll look just I'll look enough to find the regular default thing versus I need to scour because there might be secret stuff I need to go out of my way for. Exactly. Yeah. I see the problem here. That is the first problem. So then you've got like the difference between levels and not levels. And sometimes not always fully registering that you are in a level or aren't in a level. Yeah. And then like just the way some of the levels are done. Like there's a couple where you are thematically supposed to be going stealthy. Yes. Like, the plot is, we're going stealthy. The the, the, the video introing this section was, somebody is in cuffs, and we're walking through yeah. a base. And it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll do the thing. I'll dress up as a stormtrooper, and I'll walk through the base, and I'll escort yeah. this person. 
Oh, I've got to the end of the level. I barely noticed that I was in a level, and I didn't get true Jedi because I smashed almost nothing. Yeah, because you were trying to be stealthy. Because I was trying to be stealthy, like the game said, but that <laughs> didn't get me true Jedi because I didn't smash enough stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a problem. The other problem with this decision that everything has to be go here, do the thing, go here, do the thing, mm. is that, especially in episode one, it's like, okay, uh... We are on the. Uh, we're we're in space. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna fly to the uh the um the viceroy's ship. Yeah. In orbit above Naboo. Is this and... when it looked like No Man's Sky for a bit? Yeah. So yeah. You, you you fly. Yeah. And it's like okay, you've you've targeted the um the hangar bay. You're gonna land there. Cool. Okay. Now go and do the bit where you're walking. To the uh the room where you're about to be gassed. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but this isn't a level. This is this is still hub world stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now you're gonna get. Now you're getting out of here. So, and literally, you walk. You fly to the ship. You follow a a droid to the room where you get yeah. gassed. You get ga- You rearrange the chairs. You get gassed. Yeah. Because it's like, use your force powers to move three chairs into their correct places. Okay, cool, I've done that. Oh, we're getting gassed. Oh, here are some droid decals. Okay, now now we're leaving. We're going back to the we're going back to the place where we got on our ship, and literally nothing has happened. Okay, oh. cool. Well, I mean, yes, these things have happened that I've just said, but we're okay, we're walking back to our ship, cool, we're we're off our ship now, cool. Okay, uh what happens next? Uh, oh, okay. Now we're going down to the to, down to the planet. Cool. We're going to warn the Gungans about the impending Are attack. You... So we're going to wander around another hub area. Yeah. We're going to find Jar Jar. We're going to dive down into a a third hub area. We're now uh, in the the Gungan city. I mean, <sighs> there's a bunch of locked doors that you can't go through. Yeah, and it's like come back in free play. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, there's one thing I know about Lego games, especially Lego Star Wars games, is there's almost no point trying to do free play until you've got to the end of story mode for all of the chapters. And now, instead of there being three chapters, there's nine. <laughs> I was like 17 hours into the game before I'd got free play fully, un- like worth unlocked and playing. Wow. Yeah. But And the number of times I encountered things where it was like, Oh, okay. I've. Uh, it seems that I've. I've got enough stuff to go and go and get that little shiny brick I can see on my radar. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go grab the brick. Cool. I've. I've found the brick. I'm gonna go and go and see this thing over here. And like, you'll get part of the way through a, like a little side mission to get mm. to something. Like, oh, I can destroy that, and I can build this thing here, and I can send an astromech droid to unlock that. Yeah. And then I can jump up here, and then it's like no. You have hit an absolute wall, and yeah. we've decided, like, arbitrarily deciding that you can't change characters. Oh. Like, not in a level, in a hub area. It's just like, no, you can't change characters now. Why not? I could change characters there. In fact, you've encouraged me at several points in this hub area to change characters, but now you're saying, because I'm here, three feet from a fucking kyber brick, yeah. you're saying I can't have it because I'm not in free play. And, or like hey do this thing go through this long complicated thing to climb up on top of a ship to find some people that yeah. you've been told about like because you get rumors as you go through you yeah. find these people who are like hey there's a rumor there's some people up on top of the ship they're not supposed to be there don't oh. tell anyone shh i'm not a snitch 
you find them and you get most of the way through it and all of a sudden it's like, no, you can't change characters. I could I could change them down on the ground. Yeah, that was fine, but now we've decided that you can't be a bounty hunter because you'll unlock this thing. Yeah. Why can't I unlock that thing? Yeah. Uh, or, or there's like space battle things you can't do. So essentially what I did is I got about as far as um, A New Hope and just went, well, fuck trying to do anything. I'll just run through the story. Yeah. Because every time I try and get involved in something, I'm basically told to fuck off. That did not yeah. change until I got to Canto Bite, which is, what, episode eight of nine? Yeah, it wants you to play the whole game before you can play the game. It got to Canto Bite, and all of a sudden I was allowed to have, like, about two hours of just go and do some missions, have a little potter, the tinkery bit of Lego Star Wars games that I really enjoy. Yeah. And I got really into it until I hit another... Just a smack in the face prick ball. Oh. And I was like, oh, I was almost allowed to have fun for a little while. Well, I guess back on the mission and I've got to do that one Star Wars movie we saw in the cinema and I haven't watched since. <laughs> I, I will say I, I've, I've giggled at how many times you've said brick wall while talking about Lego. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it's a thematically appropriate. That it is. Um, Things I've appreciated about this that I I haven't about uh, that maybe doesn't sound like I have. Um, there's no kiss. Oh no! There's no kiss oh, in episode oh, nine. Oh, okay, that's something. Because there's no kiss in episode nine, and the number of times the emperor. Do you know the toy of the emperor? Have you seen the Lego toy? Of the I, emperor? I don't know. What is? The, he has these little clippy things that go in his hands. Oh, were they little, thing, the little lightning. lightnings? Yeah, yeah. And they're about like almost as long as a minifig. Yes. There are at least two maybe three scenes in this game where the, the emperor just goes unlimited power <laughs> holds the things out and just goes and then just like throws them over his shoulder and then zaps them oh. just like that was kind of funny I, both times I, I'm going to say this these are all very important very valid critiques the knowledge that the very forced it feels weird and rapey and I don't like it kiss isn't in there Instantly, this is better than watching the nine movies. This is... <laughs> look, I will play some shitty games in order to have the trilogy without that kiss. Yeah. I, I about uh, two hours before we started recording this, I finally finished episode nine. Okay. Uh, we, um, weirdly, like, I, I thought it was kind of funny that... Um, was it Rise of Skywalker, the, the eighth one? Yeah. Ryan Johnson's one, yes. the good one. Yes. Weirdly, that was the one I had the most fun playing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. It had like a good mix of like different kind of stuff going on. It had loads of good fun stuff in it. It was it finally let me go and do some of the pottery yeah. bits that I wanted to do. And then like I, I hit into Rise of Skywalker and it was just like, nah. Also, I'm... we're gonna remind you of how bad Rise of Skywalker was. I, I maintained that episode seven was like not pushing the boat out but like it worked and did what it was trying to do and i had no real complaints about it yeah. episode eight was genuinely interesting and set up a lot of like really promising things and nine and, was like no fuck yeah, you the problem is that episode nine went fuck you and actually retconned the shit that eight was setting up yeah. i'm like there's a version of episode nine that could have made this trilogy like amazing and like instead it's Give us Ryan Johnson's episode nine. Honestly, yeah. Give me look. I'm I'm not one to be a Snyder cut type person. But give me the go film a new Ryan Johnson episode nine. Right. Like because I remember sitting in the theater going like watching uh, episode seven and going, oh this is just episode four again, huh? 
And like, I don't mind it being... I'm kind of okay with that. I very much enjoy new episode four. Yeah, episode, episode four point two. Was it's we we uh, we episode did four um, new game plus. Yeah, new game plus. That's <laughs> what I was looking for. Yeah, I'm happy to new game plus episode four. Yeah, I was fine with that, and I uh, like for all its faults and the fact that like a couple of scenes went on a little bit long in uh, episode eight. I really enjoyed episode eight, yeah. and then episode nine just like uh, I was mad for John Boyega. I was mad for Kelly Marie Tran. Oh yeah, I was just and and. Oh, I was just so annoyed by that whole thing. I remember yeah. sitting in the theatre going, I bet some people are going to be really annoyed about various bits of this. I'm okay, though. And then just, like, the longer the, the film went on, the more I was like, no, I'm one of the people that isn't okay with this. I I generally didn't hate it in the moment. Um, it, My feelings about it are mostly... This is a big missed opportunity, mm. both in terms of like the underutilized characters and actors, and certain points such as fucking the Emperor's return being a Fortnite exclusive. I still don't know what happened in Fortnite. I know that like they announced that yeah. the Emperor had come back, but I yeah, that I assume that there are videos start, on that YouTube. film starting with the Emperor is back and we're just not going to explain it is. He's back but somehow. They made some fucking choices there. Yes, they did. Uh, hope, I mean, I hear Ryan Johnson's getting his own Star Wars trilogy, so yeah, I, hope that's, yeah. I hope that's good. He's, Ryan Johnson's getting one and so's uh, Taika Waititi's uh, doing a... Doing I am a... very ready for Taika Waititi's no Skywalker edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, obviously Warner Brothers are an awful pile of shitbags. Yeah. Uh, the developers have been paid, although not enough. Um... Do not feel bad about stealing this game. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's more Lego Star Wars, kind of. It's frustrating, kind of. But once you get 17 hours through the, the, the story mode, it gets kind of good. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be saying that next week when I've done... Like, oh yeah, smuggle this from one area to the other. You will be stopped three times by enemy ships. They might be TIE fighters. They might be bounty hunters. <laughs> For the 65th time. Uh, I might feel differently about it, but right now I'm like, I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, what about you? Anything uh, else? The only other thing I've been playing, and like, I, I've wanted to... to so... Fire Emblem Three Hopes has just come out, which is a Fire Emblem's Warrior Fire Emblem Warriors game. Oh, um, that is a sequel to, a sequel to Three Houses, the like proper Fire Emblem on Switch. And I played a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses and remembered very little of it because I tried to play it at a time when I had a bunch of other shit going on, and that is a game that requires. A lot of focus and a lot of attention. There's a lot of characters and politics in that one. Yes. So I was like, you know what? Before I play, you know, three three warriors, which is the the or three hopes, which is the one that I want to play, the, the the warriors game, I'm gonna try and go back in and replay the Fire Emblem one, the mm -hmm. one that's a Fire Emblem, and. I decided to do that the same week as there was a protest going on. Mm. Um. Here's me going, oh yeah, I was really busy the first time I played that and I didn't take it in properly. Let's pick a busy week to try Let's it again. Let's pick the busiest week of the year. Um, but like, I, I'm not I'm not that far into it, so it's not like I, there's, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of things I need to remember at the moment. Mm. But um, yeah, that game is a very competently made, very well made 
um, like top-down strategy tactics games that I enjoy very much. I appreciate that it has an amount of um, rewind turn ability available. I am playing it with uh, permadeath turned off because I'm a coward and I like all the characters too much. Don't let them die. I'm too bad at video games for this. Um, and yeah, it is a it does a gorgeous job of going from like minimized zoomed back battlefield look to some units are fighting and we're going to zoom into the action and have it be very dramatic and then snap right back to the overhead view. They do a very good job of that, uh, particularly with the ability to have, like, you can equip certain units with battalions, so if they, like, attack with their battalion, you zoom down and there's an entire little army going up against this one unit, and it's a very polished game where I will play, like, 40 minutes maybe of combat and then like two hours of running around a big castle finding people to cook meals for and such. Oh heck. And uh, doing my social. It's lots and lots of social building to occasionally do one fight. You gotta be a teacher. You gotta teach all your students how to be good warriors. You gotta you gotta come this teach game, them the fire triangle. This game is so fucking ridiculous in that like you have you have like a calendar and have to come up with lesson plans and like keep an eye on which of your students are falling behind and like give them extra attention to make sure that they catch up with the class and you have to you're just a teacher you just have to be a teacher yeah it's 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 turn-based strategy combat but also it's be be a newly accredited teacher sim and get to get to know your class of like you've got 10 students in your class but there's 10 students in the other class and 10 students in the other class and if you want to start poaching students from other classes you can you can Focus your class on the things they like, so you can poach them over to your class. Okay. It's that game's ridiculous. So I'm I'm gonna try and make some time to play it properly. But yeah, I I am enjoying it, but I'm remembering why the very reason that I'm replaying it, the amount of focus needed. So it's one of those like, yeah, maybe maybe like play it on on like a quiet weekend, or maybe start playing it on stream. I need to play it in a setting where. It has my attention. So, yeah, is that everything we've played this week, I think? I think so. <gasps> well then, time for this. Oh god, oh, oh, god. oh dear, oh, oh dear. Oh, um, oh dear. Yes, a uh, bit of a crisis. Um, so, it uh, seems like a lot of the government are resigning. Oh, that's not good. How yeah. do we make Boris look good with this going on? Seems like several of them have suddenly grown a backbone and um, some morals, maybe some kind of integrity. Oh, uh, I never mean, thought I'd see the day, but here we I are. I mean, I, I don't know if it's necessarily that or they're just uh, rats uh, scrambling to get off the ship before it sinks. Maybe. Well, indeed, obviously, first one out, less likely to be uh, seen as uh, the problem TM. Uh, and obviously distancing themselves uh, more quickly than any of the others, which is uh, weird because we just had that vote of confidence and i think a lot of them said they were really right in there and i'm sure they all knew exactly who boris was i mean we all know who boris is uh yeah so do we have any suggestions on how we can make our boris look good uh i mean surely there's got to be some colleagues left that that will say something nice about boris uh, uh i mean obviously we can get nadine drunk again and pop uh, her on yes you know she loves a, a good drunken 
uh, croon about how much she loves Boris. Uh, I mean, from the looks of this, it's just about the only one left she's going to, I think. Okay, um, any other suggestions? Uh, um, could, what about a royal wedding? Can we organise a royal wedding? Uh, I mean, which of them aren't married yet? So. Uh, some of the kids... Or is it, is no, that, that, might be, bit, that might be a bit early. Probably still a bit weird. Do they not? I thought I thought royalty just got married as you know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's, right. it's a little more taboo than it used to be. I think. Well, seems, I suppose. Um, uh, okay, okay, I've got one. Right, well, whatever. EastEnders the movie. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, culminating what, what, thirty, forty, fifty, however many years of uh, plotline in one big grand spectacular where we find out who the mailman has been blinking. EastEnders, the movie, it's going to be like 300 Christmas episodes all at once. I mean, I like the sound of it, but uh, maybe even that might not be enough to distract from the fact that uh, they uh, are uh, literally uh, fucking off at a rate of knots. Uh, um, I mean, have, have, you got, have you got any suggestions of your own? Well, um... Oh, I know. We'll just blame the transes. Oh, wonderful. It's always uh, their fault somehow. Always their fault. Bloody transes. Bloody transes. So, we have the figures back from uh, last week's re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-screening of uh, Morbius. Oh, uh, are they? How, how are they? I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for wonderful. Uh, we had... No viewings across uh, all 700 theaters wait, wait, that we booked no, out wait, across the U.S. Wait, not a, not a, not even one person stumbled in. No, uh, apparently even the uh, staff weren't weren't in there. Wait, but no one. But 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 they said they wanted they said they wanted it back in theaters. Yeah. And I know they I I know we've been fooled before. But yeah, five previous times they 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 did that. But but but. I have heard back from uh, 4chan, and they've said, uh, started a new petition. We're really, 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 really sorry, definitely for realsies this time. We were busy all those other times. We're really sorry, and we absolutely promise we definitely will be available to watch Morbius, the great Morbius that we're very excited to see, on the weekend of the 27th. We promise this time it really is Morbin time, and and also the twenty seventh. We promise that's the date. We we have we booked time off to be available on twenty seventh. <sighs> Hashtag it's Morbin time. Well, they they did say it's Morbin time this I time. I mean, right? They said that, and uh, they wouldn't lie about Morbin time. Well, not seven times, right? Seven times would be ridiculous. Six, uh, you know, six is is an, uh, an unfortunate accident, right? And they've already penciled us in here. They haven't done that before, so oh, I mean, oh yeah, right, right? yeah, like like there. Oh, there's they're, a there's... Facebook event that says let's all definitely for real go see Morbius. And uh, there's a there's a screenshot here. The lots of people screenshotting their Google Calendar. That definitely has definitely go see Morbius on definitely. it. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that. I mean, it says they're definitely going to go see Morbius. So uh, we, we're going for it then, right? I mean, we have to. They deserve to be more. They deserve to the Morbs. They just want it to be more in time. <laughs> well, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? What have, what have we put in our eyes, I guess? That's my uh, thing. There's, there's a lot of, like, together wa- uh, watched things. Well, um, we do that. We watch things together. Yeah. Uh, so we finished season two of The Boys. The boys. And we're now a few episodes into season three. Mm. Um, 
That is definitely, definitely becoming very... Fashy. It's not shying away from real-world fascism parallels. I mean, literally calling one of the characters Stormfront. I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, having them be a literal Nazi. Yeah, I mean, look, we've we've just had, and I, I'll try and say this as unspoiler as I can, we've just had a very fascist character go, hey, it's not actually bad for my reputation with the American people for me to just be open about my levels of fascism. In fact, there are portions of America that will prefer me being openly fascist and yeah we're, we're yeah huh and that's the one that the the, the certain people decided was their hero <laughs> that's the one they picked yeah apparently 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 so mm. yeah mm. um i don't know what this show can possibly have done to that character to Make him so seem a bigger my, fascist. My my understanding, like my understanding, and I I guess it's around where we're at now is that character becomes a very undeniable, very obvious, like very in your face Trump analog, and part of it seems to be, wait, are you suggesting Trump is like this horrible, evil, narcissistic person? Yes. That, How do you not see that? Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I continue to be enjoying this very heavy watch. Mm, yes, it is a very heavy watch. It is It is a heavy watch, but it is a... There's been a lot more gore in the last season and a bit. Lots of people popping. Yes. Um, it's It's been a lot of, like... It, it's been nice seeing more and more characters get onto the team that is trying to do something about shit. And yes. Having moments of that person has reached the point of, like, I cannot be complicit and must do something. I like, just once again wish they would be, A, be honest and B, talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, look, this show has a real problem with just fucking talk to each other and that will solve 90% of your problems. Mm -hmm. Like, this show's real bad at that. Yep. So many problems are just... Just fucking talk to each other. Though I thought that about Umbrella Academy at points. Like, season three of Umbrella... Oh, yeah. Like, there was a point in particular with season three of Umbrella Academy where a character took an object that everyone had been looking for and went away to a location and didn't come back for ages. It's like, you could have just told them that you had the thing. Hey guys, popping out, got the hey, thing. Hey, I got the thing. Don't worry about looking for it. I've got it. We're going to pop out for a minute. Like, so much harm could have been avoided yep. if you just fucking communicate. Yep. Ah. Oh, but no, why would they do yeah. that? Why would they do that? I will say, I like season three's gimmick they're playing around with, with Butcher. Um, like I will say no more about it, but yep, yep. That I, I think that's interesting, and I'm curious if that will finally get some character development out of him. Can I see? I, I can certainly see how that would put him in a position where he'd have to get over some of his experiences and feelings. Will it? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to hate yourself. Okay, I don't know. Not... I think Butcher hates himself. I was gonna say, yeah. You know what? I look. I I I know it's easy to hate yourself. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Ah, uh, we watched Strangly Thongs season four point two. Yes, we did. Uh what did what did you think? I thought there were some very epic scenes in it. Yep. Um, I enjoyed the spectacle. I I am curious what happens next. 
I thought that they did some some nice things with some bits that have been building up. I don't know. I'm trying to speak as spoiler free as possible. Yeah. Um, and I I saw a really scathing review of season four yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it doesn't have to be amazing, and yeah. it doesn't have to be this and that and the other. It doesn't have to be th- this particular thing that you want it to be. I'm enjoying the spectacle and the music yeah. and just the the, the adventure I, and spectacle of it. I, I am generally really enjoying the ride and the spectacle. And I agree with you that like largely my feelings are, that's really cool. I want more of this. I'm having a yeah. good time. Um, and like, I don't even think this is like a bad... Some of, the, some of my thoughts about this where I'm like, I don't... I wish certain things were different. Mm. Um, in particular... There's at least one character who I wish their uh, their fate had been different from what it was. Mm. Um, I think I think we were robbed. Yep. Um, I think that there is definitely some merit to the people who are feel that this show is queer baity in a lot of ways. Agreed. And, yeah. Strongly. Um, will introduce gay characters. But not give them the same level of uh, payoff mm. or the same kinds of payoff that they will give straight characters. I understand what they're trying to do and going, yeah. well, it's very dangerous to come out in the 80s. Like, I, I agree. But also, like, people did come out yeah, in the 80s. I've seen I've seen a lot of criti- a lot of critique boil down to, well, such and such wouldn't happen because it's the 80s and it was dangerous to, to, to be to be out. And I'm like, yeah, people still came out. Yeah. Like that's a really powerful thing you can do is have a story in which someone comes out in a time where it's difficult for them to. Like okay. if you're not willing to have your character be out in that time setting, don't fucking put huge amounts of effort into going, "Hey, hey them." Yep. And like huh, it's it feels it it feels cheap. Mm. And like particularly I'm annoyed that that character I wish had a different, uh, different fate. I like I'm annoyed over there. I'm mm. like just don't don't play around leaning into put into playing to the gays if you're not gonna yeah. commit. So but, like that's my biggest problem, and it's like it's not gonna stop me watching the next season. It just feels cheap. So one of the main critiques I saw yesterday was that um, we've gone from season one where we had Steve Harrington shock. Yes. Turns out he's actually all right. Yeah. To season four, the jocks are literally willing to just like buy guns and kill people. Yeah. If they get the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and like, I can see why they would say that, but also like, I not everyone is yeah. that multi-dimensional. Some people exactly. are just jock jerks. Yeah, and I I think in particular, like, I think this season did a really good job with. Like the power of mob mentality and like how that kind of frat cult, white boy frat culture can really, really be a breeding ground for like irrational, dangerous violence. Yeah. Like it can be a, it can be a real like self-fulfilling circle of let's go be violent at people. And I feel that that is the difference between Steve in high school, because I think they were still in high school yeah. when that character was first introduced. Like, high school Steve and, like, college age, um, the, yeah. the the football team in that. Because they're, they have that, like, more of a, they're more of a gang because they're, yeah. like, the team. They have that, um, 
like, like group jockiness, whereas Steve yeah. was more of a like, oh, he's he's the captain of the swim team, but yeah. you never really saw the swim team. Like, you didn't really see like a bunch of people backing him up. Yeah, and you he definitely didn't have freedom of the frat house area yeah. that is basically just a house you can trash and yeah. drink in. And I think Lucas this season was a really good example of um the fact that like a good person can end up doing bad things by the sort of peer pressure environment that is, and yeah. that just because someone has been wrapped up into that sort of frenzy doesn't mean they they are necessarily an irredeemably bad person. Yep. Like, Lucas is a very good example of, oh shit, I don't feel safe to say no yeah. while things are getting dangerous around me. And we've also seen people um, this season, like, even on that same football team, of like, hey, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. And then just being sort of bullied into it further. So it's not even necessarily saying, hey, they are all exactly this awful. Yeah. It's like two or three who are definitely like taking the lead on that. Like, I don't know how quickly someone would step into that role if those like two or three specific ones weren't yeah. there. But I feel like that in in this case, like there has been like specifically there, like the team captain has been just like bad. And, yeah. and I suppose he has reason to. Like, from his point of view, like, the Satan cult murdered his girlfriend. I mean, yeah. For him, it's very personal. Yeah, and I think, like, particularly, like, you know, no spoilers, but I think in, like, the latter part of the season, once he's witnessed someone float into the air and, to his mind, be fucking, like, demon... Uh, demoned. Demon. Like, I can understand how any rational person would see that and go... That is evidence for every fear I had about this uh, satanic cult. Yeah, they're real, and I'm the only one who knows and believes it and can say it. Can Especially stop if it. you're kind of brought up in in a time and area, or maybe well, like we don't know much about his family. Mm. Like if they are quite religious, and he has spent time at church, having like the like literally seeing someone demons well, like, and obviously all the floating stuff from he, uh the satanic yeah. panic stuff that's going on anyway well, like during during that funeral he quotes a bit of the bible which yes. to me suggests he does have a religious past and is at least like passingly aware of the of, yeah. of the bible which like yeah i think really leans into i i think they did a really good job of the satanic panic stuff this season mm. of justifying it yeah yeah. I mean, it's easy to justify satanic panic when weird satanic shit is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing we didn't get satanic panic sooner. I mean, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> In Hawkins, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I have enjoyed it. I am curious to see what they do with season yeah. five. Uh, I hope there isn't much more of it, because I think it is going to be another one of those... Oh, it's yeah. just gone on for ten seasons I, and now yeah. it's shit. Well, season five, as I understand it, is the final season. Yeah. So I think that yeah. needs, needs I to think be the case. It, it's it's circling about the point where like it needs to finish and not drag its heels. So. You two can cancel Netflix today. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. Hey. And you can state your reason for leaving because they give you an exit survey. You yeah. can tell them what a bunch of transphobes they are. Yar horror fiddle dee dee. Yep, get yourself a tricorn hat <laughs> and watch Strangy Thongs. Uh, we watched another thing together this week, <laughs> which is also a Netflix show. Yeah, don't Yarr. don't financially support Netflix. Don't, um, Dead End Paranormal Park. Yeah, Dead End Paranormal Park by by a person I, I I've known for a while, Hamish Steele. So yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, transparency, full transparency. Full, transpar of yours. full transparency person I've known for several years through passing at conventions. Um. 
Glenn's an animated show and it's real good. It is really good. Yeah, so Dead End Paranormal Park is an animated show with a trans man main character mm-hmm. and I don't think it's explicitly said but it sure feels like autistic uh, secondary character. Um, I, It's definitely not said but yeah I can kind of see Yeah, that. I feel like that's it, that feels like the dynamic is trans man and autistic best friend. Um who try and find a job because they both have reasons for for wanting this job. One wants to work in this theme park because it's a it, it clearly is an autistic special interest, it seems like. Um, and the other is trying to find a reason to get away from home. Uh-huh. And they end up getting jobs in a park that happens to have paranormal shit going on. Uh-huh. Um, it's a bit weird. There's monsters and spooky things, but they're both getting what they want out of working there. So ah, hijinks ensue. Yeah, demon friend and 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 a cute pug. Yeah, cute pug who is adorable and fun, um, and can breathe okay. Yes, if you were worried. Um, there is one season of it currently out, and I think they do a good job of like, it starts with here's your premise set up, some light-hearted. They're not too connected, just you know, Monster of the Week type episodes. And then you get into an interesting mystery that goes some places. Yeah, I mean, things are scattered around from, like, the very beginning of the very first episode. Even those early Monster of the Week ones have a little bit of, ooh, that's to do with something, we'll find out more. Why are all these missing posters up all over the park? Yeah, because, like, right at the start you get this uh, suggestion that someone that looks... An awful lot like the uh, the the owner of the theme park has maybe disappeared, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not the only disappearance at the park. And like part of the motto of the park staff involves like if you see some paranormal shit, just ignore it. Yeah, implying that they know there's things yeah. that are a bit wacky. Yeah, it's it's really interesting I really like it's world building mm-hmm. um I think it's like it's supporting cast of characters are all really fun yeah yeah um and yeah it's just a nice little like monster of the week mystery that has some real heart to it um I think they did a good job of handling the the trans content in it was oh. was all done well. I think it's only mentioned like two or three times it, like ve- like yeah. explicitly like um like, he mentions in the first episode that he's trans. Yeah. And that he wants to have power over yeah. when he tells people yeah. and if he tells people. And, and then there's obviously the stuff about yeah. the reason he's run away from yeah. home, really. And, yeah, and I think it's not too spoilery to say, like, his parents are supportive, but are supportive when it's easy. Yes, only and when it's easy. Only when it's easy. They're not, they're not willing to do the difficult, hard conversations that come around being hey, a other family ally. member. Yes, hello, other family. Not they, they fall into the trap of, oh, well, such and such family member won't be around forever. Can we just, can we just not? They, they probably can't take it. And yeah, it is just this sort of background element of someone who's like, I love my family. Why but can't I... you wear a dress to this wedding? <laughs> yeah, it's that energy. And it's... It's just this little background narrative of an awkward relationship from parents who are frustrated because they're like, but we're being supportive. Why are you being so, you know, why are you being so not appreciative? And half assing it. Yeah, trans person being like, that's that's the bare minimum. You're you're not doing the above that you need to do. And you're supporting me in private at home where it's convenient. Yeah. Also, it's nice to just have a trans main character 
that gets to just have cute, nice r- romance stuff going on that isn't yeah. a big deal. Cute, nice romance stuff that isn't a big deal. Gay, cute romance stuff yeah. that isn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, and also to the fact that like no one misgenders him. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Like, it's implied that a family member has done. Yes. And but like his parents the, don't. I don't the, think the, the his only, brother doesn't. The only instances of transphobia are implied off screen from one family member. Mm. And hey, why didn't you step in when insert family member did generic? We're not going to get into specifics. Horrible thing said horrible things to me, mm. and you didn't stand up for me. Like it doesn't wallow in it. No, it's just it's there to set up the fi- the family dynamic. Yeah. But it's not a big deal otherwise, and I appreciated that. Like yeah. you can tell these stories without making them trauma porn, and I yeah. feel like this covered it really well. Th- this is one of the better. Like this is an explicitly trans character in an animated thing, and I feel like they just did it. I I have no faults, yeah. and that's that's a rarity, and I got I got to give props to that. Also, uh, like qu- quite a broad trans man. Yeah. As opposed to just very, very small, like trans yeah. men come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. It's nice to see a Barney. Barney is the character. Name. Yes, yes. Um, like, he, he's short and a bit broad, but like, he's not I the... can't tell how short he is because he's hanging around with other people his own age, so... Maybe. he's. I, I'm mainly picturing it, the, the romance interest is definitely considerably taller than him. They've, they've got a bit of a height I difference. I suppose... Th- because Barney's got that sort of pompadour at the front. Yeah. It gives him a bit of extra it, height. It catches him up a little bit, but... Yeah, it's there's also just like generally a nice degree of of uh, variation across the cast. Um, yeah. it, it it feels like it's got out of its way to be inclusive in its design, which is always appreciated. Yeah. It was funny and yeah. sweet. We have a hijabi in there. Yeah. We've got um like I think there's like a couple of Mexican characters, which is important for a show set in America. Because yeah, yeah. Um, or too often America loves to whitewash uh, shows. Uh, I'll say this. Um. It is ambitious for a first season of a show to try and do a musical episode, mm. and they did a really good musical episode. Oh, they did. That is that is a difficult thing to do with a show you're still establishing, and oh, they mm-hmm. nailed it. I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. it's a good show. I hope that. they get another one. I hope there is a way of supporting them outside of Netflix. I mean, I will continue to go and support Hamish's comics work at MCM because they usually have a table in the artist's alley. So yeah. go keep an eye. Come October, I'll go and yeah. have a peek. <laughs> Yeah. I loved your show, but I cannot endorse Netflix. That's entirely <laughs> fair, I think. Um, Let me give you money in some for, way. For what it's worth, my understanding is this was in the works before a lot of that stuff came to light, yeah. and that is a situation that sure occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watched anything else this week? Nope, that's everything I watched this week. Uh, so the only other thing I watched and had like a surprisingly positive time with was... I watched a few episodes of The Orville, which oh. is Seth MacFarlane's um, Star Trek. Star Trek, which I, I I went into this because the thing happened that often happens where someone won't tell hey, me. Hey, Laura. Hey, hey Laura, Laura. Something Laura, really hey. important and relevant to you happened in an episode of a TV show. Have you seen it? Oh, I won't you say what. You famous trans person. Y- yeah. Have so, you seen the thing? I w- I won't say what it is. I won't say what happened. Yeah. And <laughs> this so subtle. This happened with the Orville, and I'm like, oh god, Seth MacFarlane's involved on this project. Which my knowledge of him with like your Family Guys and mm. whatnot is like 
edgy bottom of the barrel comedy that is just like scrambling for pop uh, for pop culture references yep. and not really in any way interesting and mm-hmm. usually kind of shitty on on you know representation matters. Yeah. I went into this mainly to go okay what the f- what the fuck is the thing happening I have to have an opinion on. I was genuinely kind of kind of impressed with the Orville. Um particularly given like Seth MacFarlane's involvement, I it was much better than I anticipated. It it is clearly first and foremost a very lovingly made Star Trek parody that wants to be a serious Star Trek. Right. And that like the impression I get is that the humor's there because I can sell it if 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 a comedy name is attached to it and I do some jokes, but it feels like much more it wants to go. We're not just gonna recreate the existing stuff in Star Trek. We're gonna do our own world building, our own species, our own dynamics, and try and tell a Star Trek that happens to have some jokes in it. And you've said that um, it's less over the top than uh, Lower Decks. Oh, season one hundred percent. Like we, we haven't seen any other season. Yeah, but season one I, we both yeah, went, we've, mm, we've both been told. We've game. both been told that like season two gets a lot better <laughs> of, of Lower Decks. But like watching the first three episodes of of the Orville and then skipping ahead to a season three episode, I think it was. This was much more of an enjoyable, not Family Guy energy. Star Trek than Lower Decks. Yeah. It was a lot more restrained with not trying to be a million miles an hour a joke every second. Mm. It used humour as a punctuator, not as the entire reason it was trying to be there. Mm. It felt a lot less regularly crude than season one of Lower Decks did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Like it wasn't it wasn't perfect. It had a few like I won't get into too much in the way of specifics, but it's not a surprise to say there is sort of a... Uh, it's a little bit mixed metaphor whether it is a trans story or an intersex story. It dabbles a lot in um, ideas around the moral problems with forced intersex corrective surgeries mm. and like the point that like we wouldn't consider that acceptable in any other setting. Like yeah. uh, it's It's pointed out like, hey... Humanity doesn't think twice about things like circumcision. Like in that case, like it makes it harder for you to argue, hey, you shouldn't do this. And mm-hmm. it was like quite a well thought out episode that dealt with some kind of heavy themes. And its ending was difficult and complicated. And they came back to it a few seasons later and sort of cleared up the muddied metaphor a bit and had like a very satisfying, well handled payoff for it that mm. I genuinely was like pretty surprised at how well it was done it was very supportive and not shitty and not making a joke about trans or intersex people and I was like that's like it was genuinely like more of an in your face direct trans story than most you would see in stuff like this oh. it doesn't take the easy route of we're, ju- we're gonna really lean on the space alien metaphor and it yeah. gets like very in your face about it and I don't know if I'll watch more of it but look for all my problems with Seth MacFarlane's work and the often in many places shitty and bigoted uh, attempt at places it goes while trying to trying to get jokes the Orville in isolation seems pretty good and mm. I don't know whether I want to continue watching a Seth MacFarlane thing, but also he's maybe made one thing that's good. So that's 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 the Orville. 
I mean, it's got Seth MacFarlane attached. If you want to see a musical episode, there probably is one. <laughs> there probably is one, I imagine. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Orville, and I'm I'm morbidly curious. And like, t- take this recommend this half recommendation reminder, ya half it'll dd. Um, <laughs> that take this half recommendation with the fact that I've watched like a grand total of four episodes across the show, and. Like, for all I know, the very next episode could, like, really fucking step its foot in some shit, but, like... But for the sake of answering the internet... Yeah! I was pleasantly surprised by my attempt to watch the thing that someone was trying to get me to watch. Oh. Um, you watched anything else this week? No, that's it, really. I think that's it, put, yeah. I'm gonna put the other thing in listened, because it was more of a listened thing. That's fair. Well then, time for this. <laughs> Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you do a protest sometimes? I do do a protest sometimes. And do you uh do do, do you get to, to get a little together and everyone's banging the drum and singing? I mean, the on song? occasion, I've had to get people doing a bit of a chant and stuff. But yeah, you know, and like obviously, there's the old classics. The, you know, yeah. trans rights are human rights. Well, trans is... rights are human rights. What do we want? Trans rights. When do we want them? As soon as possible, if yeah. that's okay. In fact, <laughs> earlier than yesterday. I mean, I, I, yeah, but it's sometimes tricky when you want to like get a new chant started because like if they don't know the rhythm to it, it's going to be awkward. Like, yeah, sometimes you have to really drive it in. Yeah. Well, what if there was an album that you could just send everyone a link to on Spotify and then they could listen to it beforehand and then they would know all of the protest chants. Wonderful. So it's just a bunch of protest chants, or bunch they any kind of special ones? Oh yeah, all, all real good. Uh, so check out now. That's what I call protest chants. It's protest chants based on popular songs and artists, feeling such classics at featuring such classics as Boris Johnson's a fascist. Oh, I know that one. Right. Oh shit. This album might be might be alright for us. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, we got this one here. Uh, we want, we want healthcare. Ah, oh, that's pretty good. Right. And apparently, there's many more. Many, many that more. you can find out by checking the album, not not from us here. Yeah. I mean, for just 19.95, but also available on streaming services, you two can get. Now that's what I call protest chants. Disabled people still don't have marriage equality. Fucking sort that out. Disabled people still don't have marriage equality. Fucking sort that out. And many more. <laughs> I knew the line I wanted, I just couldn't think of any song. But then I remembered Swing Low. Swing Low is the song. <laughs> so head on over to now that's what I call protestchance.lol.net or head over to the Spotify uh, and check out the, the playlist there. And enter if you want, you can get a discount on, on actually purchasing a copy. Uh, use the code QNPS219 for realsies this month, this week, definitely. And I, it's not because I just had to look up what last <laughs> episode's number was. The problem is we haven't numbered the episodes beyond back end. Yeah, but... For, for a really long time. <laughs> so I very often just don't remember. <laughs> but today I did. So anyway, there you go. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, 
I've been I've been busy this week. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've uh, you know you know we 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 uh, recently launched that uh, subscription service for games. You you pay us yeah. pay us money. We you, you have access to a bunch of our not not this just release stuff obviously. No, 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 the no. kind of old that no one's buying any more games. We put them up. You yeah, them not even the best versions of those. Certainly not a complete version. Yeah, certainly not a version that's got all the accessibility options in. No sir. Accessibility. I know it's something something the guys down in R&D keep pottering on about but uh, we got a problem again I know again who do I have to flog this time it's not someone in our company unfortunately Uh, the other people that make games also have one of these services and they had theirs first right honestly it's got it's they put their good stuff on there like the day it comes out which we don't want to because we want them to buy it right so we got to find, like, another way to be better than their service where they actually give everyone the d- games on day one. So right. I've been thinking we beat them on quantity. Right, right. And, like, look, as long as we can say we have a bigger number of games, it doesn't really matter what they are, is my thinking. Right, right. So what's the shittiest games you, you can think of we can probably get on the cheap? Uh, well, um... What about, like, from the 8-bit era? There must be, a, like, a whole bunch of those. And yeah. I, I hear, like, you can fit, like, the entire 8-bit era on one CD. Exactly. Very little on, um, you know, server space for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there is... Uh, you remember that old uh, attempt at doing uh, a virtual reality that only did it in red and black? Oh, yeah, like and that gave thing, everyone, like, neck pain. Yeah, no one cared about that. But, like, you know, we, we can be like, hey, we're the first ones to bring it back to a modern audience and, you know, get, yeah. get some nostalgic clicks. Some people still have those 3D TVs as well. So, you know, maybe... Probably. Maybe there'll still be some use in that. And, I mean, even if they don't, worst case, players get a little ill. That's on them. Yeah, a little ill. Exactly. Um, well, yeah. just, you know, quick disclaimer flashes up at the yeah. beginning. Uh, I'm pretty sure if we look around, we can find, like, a bunch of uh, just the worst licensed tie-in products that have ever existed. Like, oh, yeah. video game for, like, a children's TV show from the 90s that you barely remember the name of. Oh, I have a guy down in uh, Mexico who uh, recently came into a whole bunch of uh, cartridges for, uh, uh, like, an old movie tie-in, some alien oh. thing. Uh, just, just... Apparently, just well, something he dug up. Well, I mean, so, if, you know, if there's if there's a bunch of cartridges, that must mean that it was popular. That lots of people wanted to buy it. So, exactly. You like, know, he's got like a million of these cartridges. So, I mean, why not, right? I mean, why not? Uh, what if we get like not the new modernized, uh, you know, HD versions of uh, you know classic games? We get these sh- kind of shittier original ones. Like the rights for those are going to be pretty cheap, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, ah, uh, APKs. Oh, yeah. Like, APKs from way back in, like, the very early 2000s. I mean, at this point, why not? Look, there's a bunch of mobile games from, like, you know, before there were smartphones. We could probably, like, get the rights to a bunch of those for, like, you know. How much do you think Snake's going to set us back? Oh, Snake seems a bit pricey, but I'm sure there's probably, like, not quite Mahjong we can pick up. Oh, ah, Nibbles. We can probably get DOS-era games. We can probably get so many DOS-era games. you are a fucking genius. I know. So, (gasps) what have you put in your ears? Uh, well, we did a listen thing together, which I think is what you were just alluding to before the break. Uh, we, we went to a protest. We listened to... A couple of hundred people singing Boris Johnson's a fascist to the tune of seven nations. Boris Johnson's a fascist. 
Yep. As we walked past his front door. Yeah, that was there was quite a bit of that. Yep. Uh yeah. So this was the uh, the safe to be uh, the not safe, not, to safe be, to be me. not safe to be me protest that yeah. uh, uh, helped put together. Yeah. Uh, that was the uh, sort of response to the 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 conservative government's safe to be me conference where they were going to get a bunch so of safe they cancelled it. Yeah, they were going to get a bunch of countries together to come to the UK and hear like how the UK is a bastion of minority safety and. A bunch of LGBT organisations pulled out of it when the government wouldn't support trans people in the conversion therapy ban. We've stepped to 14th in the international ratings. Yep. And then we were like, hey, let's, we're not going to cancel the protest. We're going to keep going. Let's get a bunch of, like, not just trans people. Let's get a bunch of minority groups together to talk about why it's not safe to be them in the UK right now. It was nice to see uh, disability campaigners and sex worker campaigners. Yeah. Uh, we had um, we had asexual uh, rights yep. advocates. We had some someone from the Bi Survivors Network. Yep. Um, we had someone from the Vi- Vi- Vagina Museum. Yes, who who did some wonderful talking about like the intersections and solidarity with the Jewish community. And like, was there was back again. Yeah, it. It was a really, it was a really good day of solidarity between mm. communities, and like, if nothing else, like I had a lot of conversations with speakers after the event ended, where they were like, "We've never been invited by uh, a group that isn't like to do with our very specific intersection mm-hmm. to speak before." Thank you, and we were like, "That's that's good. Let's build these connections. Let's just intersect our intersectionality. Yeah. Let's give you a space to talk because, like, we're all we're all fucking in this together." And yeah. and like, then like this is we 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 talk about intersectionality a lot. Yeah, uh, or at least people I know do. Yeah. Um, and it feels weird that like those groups aren't being invited to speak. And- it's it's difficult in some ways, and I can I can say this from like having been on the organizing side. It's difficult to message to media a protest that has a broad intersectional range of things it's talking about. Mm. It's much easier when you can go, "This is a trans rights protest." It, like that is a much easier single line sell, mm. and I get it. But like thinking more big picture than just this one protest, it's important to. Give space, yeah, to build networks and to do these things because, like, these are the things that'll eventually get us these networks of people working together for everyone's yeah. protection. We're all in this together because the, if they start erasing one person's rights, they will be coming for the rest of us. Yeah, we need to work together and form. Yeah. We need that solidarity. We need yeah. to basically form a union of everyone I mean, who's tired of the Tories. Yes, right, <laughs> and like. That a lot of people, a lot of people who spoke, did talk about sort of the intersections and sort of shared struggles that, like, that, that their groups intersected with the trans community. But that, that that is a thing that they weren't required to do. It was very much like we we said to them, "You talk about whatever you want. If you want to just talk about your your thing you're going through and like focus on that, that is super okay. This is space for you." And mm. it was really nice how many people still were like. Yeah, but we do have a lot in common. Let's talk about that. We do, and I think it. I'll be honest. It really helps when you have a lot of punks at a protest because you can tell by their patches what they're in support of. Right. So we had like people who were very clearly at the intersection of queerness and transness and sex workers and yeah. disability and asexuality. Yeah. Like there was a lot of that already existing. So the fact that there were speakers from like all yeah. corners of that. Yay, good. More yeah. of this. Um, also, fuck the police for uh, fucking us around for ages and us having to fucking move the protest. 
but also impromptu trans rights march. Hell impromptu yeah. Trans, trans rights march. Um, Boris Johnson's a fascist indeed. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was I was real happy with the day. I thought it went yeah, really well. I think everyone involved did a very good job of organising and uh, thank you very much to a stage friend yeah. for bringing and uh, setting up and packing down and taking away and storing the stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who organised uh, all the equipment that was used, microphones, speakers. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Laura for doing all the subtitling. Oh, I thank have... you to me for doing uh, the best I could possibly do oh, you with did, the, you the did, video You work. did great with the video work. <laughs> with the camera um, that kept overheating. I, I have transcribed many hours of speeches and my brain is melting. Um, oh. But yeah, like look, looking back over the list of, of speakers we had... We had so many wonderful people speaking. I'm so thankful that we were able to bring so many wonderful people together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was good to have a good protesty shout and get out and do something. Yeah, because um, we've not had a good shout at anyone for a while. Exactly, it's um, it's been a while. Looking forward to trans rights, uh, trans uh, trans pride Brighton. Yeah, in a couple of weeks because that's another one that's. Like it's it's yes it's still very definitely a pride but it's also yeah. very definitely a protest first. Oh god, yeah, you have a proper good shouty march in the streets yeah. and like I'm I'm already thinking about more like in person stuff I want to do. There's things that feel like they need doing, but for now I am enjoying the one that has happened mm-hmm. and yeah, take I'm a moment, breathe. Gonna gonna go to a go to go to a protest that uh, I didn't have to organise and I can just shout and nothing's my responsibility. Wave That'd a flag, nice. do a shout. I. Oh, it's it's nice to not be responsible for everyone being okay when I do a protest. Uh-huh. Ah, responsibility. It's okay. Responsibility, <laughs> no, no, for a little while now. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. I I I need a bit of no responsibility, please. Yeah. Uh, have you listened to anything else? Ah, uh, listened to a fair amount of music this week. Ooh, yeah, look at me go. Um, so some of this will be like fairly quick mentions. Um. I went and listened to, and I forgot how much I like this song, uh, Kill All Your Friends by My Chemical Romance. Uh, it is one of the, the B-sides off of the Black Parade, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's got a very different cadence to anything else uh, that came out of that era. It's very sort of uh, wishy-washy in its pacing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real neat track. Um, uh, I, on that a similar note, I listened to Pinkish by Gerard Way, which was one of the like bonus tracks that got released after the Hesitant Alien album. Uh, listening back to that, like you can definitely hear the the kind of thing that would end up becoming the foundations of Decay. In that, mm-hmm. it is a much more like it, it's starting to play around in the screaming space, and it's a lot more like. It it's got almost like inspiration from nineties grunge in it, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. it's got this sort of very heavy, heavy strums kind of sound to it. That listening back to it now, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I can see where this was going. Uh I continue to listen to "Spread Your Wings" by Convoke because it's out now. It's out now. Go listen to "Spread Your Wings" by Convoke. I've listened to it at least four times this week. It's very. I've good. listened to it so many times in the time since it was finished and it released, and I'm still like, it's oh, a really cool song. And also, I'm in it. Yeah, <laughs> that hasn't stopped being a very exciting thing still yet. It's available on streaming services, and you can buy it. Yeah, you can buy it. You can stream it. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on all of the places. Go, che- go check it out. Go, go check it out. Go share go it. Go give it Spread a look. Spread the word. Yeah. Spread your wings. Spread the word. Uh, 
I listened to an album that I come back to every now and then, uh, the album Chimes by Dessa, uh, which it just has so many really good feminist protesty tracks of like very varied musical genres that all boil down to hell yeah I feel fucking empowered to be a woman in a shitty world energy to them. It's good. It's a good fucking album. Nice. Uh, I got a couple more. I'm nearly done. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a track called Elon Musk is Making Me Sad Relatable. Uh, by The Rentals. Uh, it's got a slightly like space vibe to it in that way that like some of uh, David Bowie's work did. That that sort of it sounds ethereal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a track from the perspective of like not not idolizing this perspective, but from the perspective of someone born a little bit before Elon Musk. Like I think in the lyrics it says like it, it's like a few weeks before him, and falling into this trap of idolizing him despite him being a shitty person mm. because of that trap of. Well, he's done so much more time, uh, more with his time on Earth than I have. Clearly, he's better than me. Um, Certainly better funded. And and leaning into that whole, if I idolise him, maybe he'll lift me up too. Ah. And it's presented in this very, like, the tragic trap someone's fallen into. Of, like, I feel sad that I haven't done as much with my life as Elon Musk has with the, about the same amount of time. Mm. It's an interesting track. Yeah. Um, I listened to a track called Air of Grief, uh, H-E-I-R of Grief, uh, by Tensei Music. Mm, it blends back and forth between... It, it, it's a completely wordless track that blends back and forth between this sort of like very melancholy, melancholy piano-led section, back and forth with these like much heavier power chord like rock sections that still s- manage to keep that sort of slightly melancholy feeling when the rock sort of comes in. Uh, really wonderfully arranged piece with a lot of different layering and alterations. Uh, it it manages to keep itself very interesting over its like five plus minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the last one I listened to was Kill the President by the Arrogant Sons of Bitches. Yeah. Uh, it's a mix of like traditional rock music with Scar um, about being like... It's from the perspective of someone who's an abuse victim and being gaslit into thinking that they're the problem and they deserve no friends and then at their lowest point going fuck that and coming out the other side upbeat and healing. Uh, It is very chaotically upbeat in its sound and optimistic despite some of the themes it tackles. Really neat song. Nice. What about you? You listen to anything else this I week? To one other thing that I can sort of point to, and that is a track called "When Time Stands Still" by Sitar Mel. Oh, is that what we that was, what we was on while we had dinner? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sort of imagine a quite it opens quite nice flowing sitar music, goes into like some really chuggy metal, and then sort of periodically dips in and out with like little sitar solo bits. But like the sitar goes all the way through that yeah. that that person plays it incredibly. Yes, it's a beautiful instrument, and it's just it just works really well. Yeah. Those more sitar and metal. Yeah, those those more like traditionally metal sections. That little bit of slightly different sound that the sitar gives it. I kept thinking it sounds very specifically like the kind of song that would play over the closing credits of a horror film in the two thousands. Oh yeah, yeah it yeah. it had that sound in places of like. It, it was a really neat track. It, mm-hmm. it had like, it definitely had slightly spooky vibes by the sitar being there in the metal sections. Yeah. Beautifully performed. I am, I am curious to listen to more of their stuff. 
basically someone on my uh, on one of my socials was shared it earlier and was like, yes, more sitar and metal. And I was like, you know what? Yes, more sitar and metal. I'll listen to that. And now I'm like, you know what? I might have to see see what else they got because I really enjoyed that. Yay. Uh, you listen to anything else? I think that's it for me. Well, then. <gasps> Time for this. My dudes. Right, right. So, uh, we have uh, money. We do. We have this whole valley of silicon. Uh, the venture capitalists have provided for us. Right, right. We have that. And uh, we need a new product. Exactly. We can't get uh, in infinite money for ideas if we don't ha- come up with ideas. Right, right. So uh, I guess we would need uh, something. What is a need that we have? And uh, I think a lot of people talk about it online at the moment. You know, there are concerns about... Uh, uh, like spying and uh, how secure your data is. Oh, so this is like a like some kind of uh, uh, you know a firewall program or something like that. Yeah, like a firewall for your domicile. Oh, like a like a physical real world firewall. Yeah, like but not for fire. No, no, for for keeping your privacy. Your privacy, right? Yeah, because people talk about privacy all the time. So what if there was a thing you could put over the the windows? Oh, I see. Because right. then no one can see in. Right. So my first thought were, was, uh, what if it was just one way? Oh, so you can see one way through it, but not the other. Yeah, you can see out. Yeah, they but can't no one see, can in. see in. Oh, that is that is a genius idea. Never been done. It's revolutionary. Right, right, right. And uh, if if that's not to people's uh, uh, liking, liking what what uh, if that doesn't hit our market demographic? I mean, where would we touch base next? I mean, uh, yeah, you know, everything's better when it's electronic. So uh, motorized, right? So some kind of shield that's like motorized across. Your yeah, window, yeah. And that just sort of goes across. You there. press a button, and it uh, it activates the uh, privacy screen. Uh, you know, in a sort of side to side motion, and provides you privacy, like some kind of sliding metal shutter, just yeah, sideways but, across your window. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's like house armor. Oh, house armor! Wonderful. People will love that, right? Okay. Um. Um. Okay. So, uh, how do you think uh, people want to control that? Probably from like an app on their phone. For, or something. Bluetooth, of course. Bluetooth, you, you, yeah, Bluetooth yeah, yeah. It from your phone. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, like three point five gigahertz is probably sufficient probably for, the, for the house shield. Uh, okay, any other suggestions for uh, what, how we could do this? You know, if if maybe people are like, yeah, I don't like the aesthetics of metal. What is uh, what's another way we could do that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You got any? You got any ideas? I'm, I'm, I'm coming up empty. Well, what if there was like, you know, how like um the old like the retro archaic vintage uh, LCD screens? Yeah, yeah. Like it's clear, right? You can see through. You can see the background on the thing, but then like the current passes through it and it goes dark. Oh yeah. yeah. What if you had like that just built right into the window? Okay. So you, pr- you press the button, and I'm not saying like uh. uh a badly animated Sonic the Hedgehog, like, uh, comes on there. But instead, just, like, the whole thing just goes black. I mean, we could say badly animated Sonic the Hedgehog. People might be into that. People might be into that. You know, I've got, I got one more idea. I got right, one more right, idea. Right, 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 right. Uh, I mean, the, do you think that's got enough, like, thermal insulation properties, the whole... Ah, uh, that's a problem for the, 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 the R&D lot. We're, we're ideas. Yeah, we are we're ideas. ideas. Yeah, and my yeah, idea yeah. is NFTs. There's... I think still popular. I mean, I, yeah, I've still got a bunch. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to sell any of mine recently, but I assume they're still just well, no. as valuable. Well, no, no, that's an investment, right? Exactly. You don't spend any of it. Definitely them. going up in value to the moon. Yeah, I mean, I might, you know, one day say, "Hey, I will buy Twitter for this uh, monkey thing." I'm pretty sure the monkey could buy you Twitter. Yeah, and this and this this, wi- this window shield, this house armor, will also buy us a Twitter. Definitely, I I buy a Twitter with a with a house shield, no problem, especially the Bluetooth. Uh, motorized, motorized uh, uh, one-way uh, house shield thing. We're so good at ideas. We are so good at ideas. We invent all the best stuff. Not never been done before. Never, never, n- never copied. Never surpassed. Tech Bros. High five. Welcome, podcast listener. This is your mandatory rest point. Take a moment to breathe, relax, and take just a few seconds to simply be. Give yourself permission to put aside whatever you're meant to be doing, and just not do it for a brief moment. <sighs> Got a, uh, another skit? Ah. Oh. It's usually like three each. Oh, sorry, I, ah, oh, it's the, it's the permission to relax and not do your responsibilities segment time. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, no skip from me. Shh. And this has been not doing your responsibilities time. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Well, Larry. Well, Barry. How you doing? Oh, you know, uh, warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to turn the fan on in a minute. Just have a oh, bit yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you, you been up too much, mate? Uh, I've been, uh, I've been a bit frustrated. Oh, I've been, no, uh, yeah, really. oh, I know, I know. I've been, uh, I've been watching a bunch of people get very, uh, very defeated. Uh, and I think it's understandable. We're getting very defeated oh, yeah, by yeah. politics recently. Uh, well, you know, lot going on in America, lot going on in the yeah. UK. So uh, lots, you know. Yeah, particularly seeing a lot of Americans who've been like. Uh, you know, we voted we voted the lesser of two evils into power, but they still have done fucking nothing to actually stop all the bullshit currently going on right now. And instead know. spend a lot of time just going on, well, you know, you need to vote. You need to vote we for did us vote. The next time. You're in power, do yeah, something. Exactly. And there's a lot there's a lot do of Do they people- not know? They not know they're in charge. So, so they not know. Maybe, maybe they don't no know. No one told maybe them so, that they won. Has anyone told them that they won? Uh, but like it was in the inauguration, <laughs> not give it away. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was that whole, uh, or was uh, that whole nonsense? Uh, oh, is that repeat a lie often enough, and Biden will not understand that he's the president? <laughs> Maybe, uh, but yeah, I've seen a lot of people who've been very disillusioned, particularly with all the uh, Democrats trying to fundraise rather than fucking fixing it now while they're in power currently. Well, there's the midterms to think of. Yeah, and like I've seen a lot of people being like, "What? Why the fuck do we even bother voting?" And I understand that impulse. I understand oh, yeah, the yeah. I understand the very defeatist attitude of what's the fucking point in voting because we there's no guarantee the people we vote in will actually fucking do anything. Yeah. Um. But like, it's important to to not get that defeated attitude in because like I I think it's fair to say voting alone by itself will not fix everything because no. you are relying on inherently shitty people to do the right especially thing especially if you but... happen to live in a country with a two-party system exactly exactly but or like basically a two-party system but like it's important to remember that 
as little as some of the shitty people are doing, it is still important to keep the worst people out. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you you know, the second you start going, the party I want to do the right thing isn't doing enough. I I don't believe in in voting as a system. That's just gonna let the people who will be more bold faced about it back into power and let them be shitty. Oh yeah, because be under no illusions. The fascists will always vote. Yeah, that's they the thing. They always vote. Exactly. Like, they will not get disillusioned by a loss. They will let it, you know, rally them to get their team back in. And, like, it's a whole thing. But, like, yeah, I'll get it. Voting by itself ain't going to fix everything. But, like, you still need to vote. And you still need to engage in that process. Even if just to lessen the worst of things. But, like, pair it with doing direct action. Doing... Yeah you know, other forms of action that will hold your party to account when they do get into power. Yeah, know? and it's especially important for, you know, uh, less marginalised people to get that yeah. mindset as well. Because obviously, you know, when we say this, we know very well that marginalised people have been doing exactly this and saying exactly, exactly this exactly, for exactly. decades. It's a very privileged position, the people who are like, I'm just not even going to bother fucking voting anymore. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. That is a very privileged position to come yeah. from, obviously. Yeah. And like... I can also understand, you know, the frustration and exhaustion with uh, minority groups who are like, you told us to vote, and we voted, and what fucking happens? Yeah. Well, like, that's it. It's, it's, it's it, as easy as it can be to be disillusioned with voting. you still got to do it. Just do it paired with other stuff. Yeah. Do it, and assume that the people elected into power aren't going to fucking actually do anything, but still get them in. And then fucking do other shit to, to counteract their lack yeah. of a fucking spine. Whatever you can do, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's important that people are mobilising more important now than ever. But uh, yeah. we are living in interesting times. We are. Hug, mate. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> good up, mate. Good up. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I think I've got a podcast with it. Oh, you have a nap, I think. Nice. 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 So, Laura. Yes. Um, we didn't done, done a book. We done did a book. And at this point, it's very possible, unless you are an early access backer, that the we have already done a reveal of the the book cover. Look, if you're listening to the early access on Jane's Patreon, the second it's gone up, it might not quite be there yet. But if you're listening like 24 hours after we we record this, the final cover of the book will be yes, revealed. Yes. Um, or by the time this goes up at the weekend for everyone else. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we 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 got we got redesigned that book cover, and it looks so good. That's art by uh, E Boy Art. Yeah, yeah, they've they've done some real fancy pixel art. Mm-hmm. It, it looks it looks real professional. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's our book. It's gonna happen. That's our book. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's, it's happening. It's got a nice three D render. Yeah, right. What if it was a book, not just a picture? What if it was not just a 2D image of a book, but a three-dimensional model of a book? Slightly skewed. Ooh, Ooh, perspective. Mm. What's the book and where can people find it? It's called Who Hunts the Whale and it is available at unbound.com slash book slash whale. You can pre-order it still. You can still get all the bundles with all the bits and stuffs and things. You can get a cool merch bundle, which is very similar to a merch bundle in the book, maybe. Can't (laughs) say that. Um, yeah, you can go and get it. You can get your name in the book. There is still time. 
Uh, probably not much time, I would imagine, because uh, eventually it will go to press. But for now, you still have a bit of time, so so get on it yeah. if you want to, and maybe tell other people about it. Maybe they want to, and and maybe if they're into satirical views of the video game industry and d- jokes about T Rexes and so and forth. very relatable horses and a very relatable. I'm currently wearing a a vest top that says a very relatable horse on it. And maybe that's something to do with the book. Who knows? <laughs> it makes me giggle every time I see that shirt. I'm glad you enjoy it. I, I do enjoy it. It was worth this post. You thinking, like, maybe we should put that on a shirt. And me going, okay, I'll get it put on a shirt. And then now both of us owning that very shirt. Yeah. Maybe we'll turn up to a signing both wearing this shirt. <laughs> I have also considered making Prophecy of Zebdo shirts. I, I would love a Prophecy of Zebdo shirt. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, you've got a different book that's coming out in about five, six weeks. Yeah, it's real soon. Oh. It's uh, Me and My Dysphoria Monster. It's coming out on August 18th. That's like next month. It's real soon. Go so soon. go check it out. Pre-order it. Go check it out where books are sold and stuff. Yes. Um, other than that, I'm at Laura K. Buzz in all the places. What about you, Jane? Me? Well, I couldn't get the unified branding like you, so I am at streamerlinks.com slosh... slosh? streamerlinks.com slash janiac, not slosh, not moist, not right now. Well, I am a bit sweaty, but you didn't need to know that. Anyway, uh, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Also, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76-hour work week. You can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers, as we said. You can find out all the other random stuff that I'm doing. Uh, you can listen to uh, my musics over at Bedroom Programmer on SoundCloud. And I think that's pretty much everything. T-shirts, obviously. Red, um, Jamieact.redbubble.com, but also all, all on stream links. Don't worry about it. Uh, you can get a very relatable horse, which may or may not have anything to do with our book. A very relatable <laughs> horse. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's many other shirts. You can get the Wealth Inequality Solutions one. You can get the new Neuro Spicy one. Oh, that's a good shirt. I'm very glad I own that shirt now. Um, <laughs> you can get all of this stuff and more. Uh, Laura? Yeah? Will you sing us out, please, <gasps> darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>